0: meeting on Wednesday uh, with our executive team and Andrew just started, Pastor Andrew started just sharing some things from his heart and uh, from the previous Sunday and I just asked him if he would take the time here, I feel like this is so important, it's just, just in this ministry time uh, for him just to share what the Lord was showing him, I believe it's, it's for us today and it just moves us forward so you can, you're welcome to stand, sit. Uh, just however you just wanna engage, but we're just, as we just kind of stay in this place of worship to the Lord, so.
1: Thank you. I was sharing with the team last week, uh, had a great morning. You know how there's some mornings where before you even get to church, you need Jesus. And, uh, And this was a normal morning, like this was fine. I was coming in and last week I was helping with the cameras, putting the video on the screen and live stream and stuff. And kind of from the moment that the service hit, I was just feeling irritated and and more specifically, I was feeling critical. Like every single thing that I saw or that I looked at or even that I was working on just felt so critical. Like all these little things, things that had never bothered me before. I'm at most of the services, and so like nothing that we're doing is surprising me. It's not like I'd been gone for months and came in and was like, oh, things are a little different. It was I'm here all the time, I know what we're doing, I love what we're doing. And on every other normal week, I'm really excited about our services. But, but last week, I was just feeling so critical, and it took me like the better part of an hour to even realize what was happening. That my heart was so like just off kilter, and something was was very different. And and so like I'm going through service, I've got this really sour attitude, uh, and and I start praying. I'm recognizing like, oh, you know what? I'm I feel really critical, and so I praying God. I don't know what this thing is, but would you take this? Like, I don't, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to be this way. I don't want to think this way. And so I'm asking the Lord to take it. And, and the rest of the service goes and nothing really shifts. Nothing really changes. Service ends and we do a real quick turnaround. We jump straight into the 11 o'clock and I'm still feeling critical. And now, like, I, I have even more that I'm critical for. It seems like the longer service goes, like, I'm feeling worse and worse about just everything. Things that don't normally bother me. And then we hit to uh, communion. And I take a break, and Luna and I sit down, and, and we're taking the elements, and we're talking to God. And I asked her to pray with me, like, I'm feeling really critical. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. We had a great morning. Like, it wasn't any of the typical normal things. And so I'm asking her to pray with me. Help me understand what this is. And, and so I get back to my station. I'm moving the cameras around a little bit more. And the Lord reminds me uh, of this teaching that I heard several months before where a teacher was talking about, um, an experience he went through where it was kind of similar. He had this dream with the Lord and the Lord was showing him that he had all these viruses of criticism and of, uh, selfishness and of like several other things. But the Lord said, I'm inoculating you with an antidote. And he asked the Lord, what's the antidote? And he said, the antidote is thankfulness. And so the Holy Spirit was reminding me of this like podcast that I listened to. And I was thinking, oh, the antidote is thankfulness. And so, uh, you know while I'm moving the cameras around' I'm, I'm just starting to every single critical thing that I'm thinking of i'm I'm now finding a way to to be thankful for it like whatever it is that morning it just felt like it was everything I was just looking at it slightly different and saying okay I'm going to choose to be thankful for the opposite of this or for the the other elements of this you know if if the service goes too long, I'm thankful that we've got an incredible service. If the music feels too loud, I'm thankful that we've got a passionate worship team. If the cameras aren't moving like they're supposed to, I'm thankful that we've got cameras and people <laughs> who get snowed in can still watch. You know, like just all these like little things that have never bothered me before. Like in that moment, they just felt so, so critical. And so I started turning them into thankfulness. And By the end of the service, I was, I was so excited, so happy. All of that felt like it had lifted and gone. But over the rest of like that afternoon and over the next days, I was asking the Lord, like, God, what, what was that? Like, that was so strange, it didn't even feel like me. It felt like something exterior. And, and I don't have any super deep revelation of it, but I presented it to the executive team and I said, I think this might be something that we're facing. And especially as we move into exciting times and as we get closer and closer to the revival that God has for us, the awakening and the outpouring of his spirit, I think that there's going to be plenty of opportunity to be critical, but I think God is inviting us to be thankful. I think there's plenty of opportunity to be critical, but I think God is inviting us to be thankful. And so that was something that I was feeling, and and you might have been in a place over the last several weeks or even this morning where you felt something similar. And, uh, And so I just want to pray for us, for our hearts, for our minds. Um, Philippians talks about uh, that that the peace of God would guard your hearts and your minds. And so I'm going to pray for that, and I'm also going to pray that we'd be thankful. And then um, Pastor Mike might have something to add to it, but we're going to go back into a song about thankfulness, right? Um, So, Father, we thank you so much. Actually,
0: before you pray. Okay. Because I want to just add something into this. And then we'll pray. All right. Uh, It was interesting because this wasn't planned out, but we just went into a time of just singing to the Lord. You guys remember that just a few minutes ago? <laughs> and, uh, and I just want to show you something that just ties to this. Uh, it says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's in Ephesians 5. And then over in Colossians, uh, Paul basically says it again in, in some different words. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful let the word of christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing songs hymns and spiritual songs so those spiritual songs this is what we were singing as we have the holy spirit on the inside of us what happens is there's this thankfulness that wells up on the inside of us that actually doesn't even come from us it's actually from the holy spirit connected with the father and what we began to do is we began to to thank the Father out of what the Holy Spirit is feeling on the inside of us and we begin to sing this with song, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And so, it's such a powerful thing. And I know that maybe there might have been some confusion like what are we doing, is not I don't see the words up on the screen, um, but there's something about just kind of shutting down your mind and just allowing just your heart to take over in this. A lot of times what we do is what Andrew was trying to do at the very beginning is he was trying to fight off the thoughts and and by trying to fight off the thoughts all you do is you magnify those thoughts but when you actually shift the mindset to where you now you now take on the Father's thoughts through the Holy Spirit, when you take on those thoughts, those are thoughts of thankfulness, which is that antidote, and all of a sudden, you now take on different thoughts. So it's not, you're not trying to fight darkness anymore, you're actually releasing light. And it's, it's, a, different, it's a different type of battle. You can fight darkness all day long, but the moment you flip the light on, darkness disappears. And it's the same thing with the critical spirit, it's the same thing with these things. So, So, Andrew, Take it away. Wait, did I finish that? Oh, no, I didn't. Where was I? Um, oh, and be thankful. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Christ. Now let's pray.
1: Father, we thank you that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you are empowering us to choose thankfulness, to live with an attitude of gratitude, to live each day choosing to be thankful, thankful for our church and thankful for what's happening in it and thankful for how you're moving, but even thankful for our families and thankful for our children and thankful for our spouses. Father, I pray that when that critical spirit would try to slip in, Father, I pray that we would recognize it for what it is that those aren't us, that's not our thoughts, but instead we can choose to overcome that by being thankful. With all gratitude towards God, singing these psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And so, Father, we thank you that you've given us the antidote, that you've given us the uh, inoculation, that we don't have to be critical people, but we can be thankful people. And so, Father, we ask that you would continue to guard our hearts and our minds, that we would live the way that you've called us to live in Jesus' name.
0: So let's do this. We're gonna, just in response to this, I believe this was something from the Lord. It just We all felt it on Wednesdays, like well, this, this is something that we just need to begin to operate in. It's one thing to talk about it, it's one thing to pray about it, it's a whole other thing to actually do it. So I know you guys just sat down, but will you stand up again, and will you just engage in this song to the Lord and just begin to, to thank Him, and just from your heart, And and the thing is, we do it with our voice, we do it with our mouth, but we also do it, more importantly, from our heart as we fully engage with the Lord. And watch what begins to shift on the inside of us. And this is something we can just practice over and over and over
2: come, what you always do, you show up here in the splendor, you're standing in this room, and you don't have to come, but you always do. In this room, and you don't have to come, but you always do. You show up here in your splendor, standing in this room. don't have to come, but you always do. You're right here in your splendor, and you change the whole room. You walk through all our walls, as you walk through all of my walls. Into my past, you filled my world with grace. You didn't have to come, but you wanted to. You walked, you walked through all of my walls. You conquered my shame. You stepped into my past, you filled my world with. Stepped into my past, you filled my world with grace. You didn't have to come, but you wanted to sing that once more. You walked through all of my walls, you conquered my shame. Stepped into my past, you filled my world with grace didn't have to come but you wanted to and you don't have to come but you're always faithful to you stand with us in the hardest times and you change our whole perspective. Don't have to come, but we need you to love you right here in the midst of our lives, and you change the whole world. Let's just do this, let's allow what Mike was talking about, what it says in Ephesians, what it says in Colossians. Let's allow those spiritual songs to rise from our heart. Maybe you say, well, Marcus, I'm not a singer. Then just declare it to the Lord. Just speak out your thanksgiving to the Lord. And those who want to sing it to the Lord, sing it to the Lord. But we're just going to stay. Let's just stay on the E, guys. Let's stay on the one. So we're just going to take a time and allow the Holy Spirit to let thankfulness arise from our hearts. So, Holy Spirit, come right now and sing those spiritual songs through us. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for who you are, all that you're going. Oh, songs of thanksgiving arise in this place, come meet us, Lord. As thanksgiving arises before you, let your glory come down, let your spirit come down. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. I just want to thank you for all that you are. I just want to thank you, thank you, Jesus. I just want to thank you for all that you are. I just want to thank you, thank you, Jesus i just want to thank you for all that you are i just want to thank you thank you jesus i just want to thank you for all you're going to do and i just want to thank you thank to you go know. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to thank you. One more time. You walked through all of my walls. You walked through all of my walls. And you conquered my shame. stepped into my past. You filled my world with grace. You didn't have to come, but you walked. You into my path, filled my world with grace. You didn't have to come, but you are it You walked through all of my walls. You walked through all of my walls. You conquered my shame, stepped into my past, filled my world with grace. Didn't have to come, but you wanted to.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that even though you don't have to, even though you don't owe us anything, you still show up because you love to meet with us, because you love us so dearly. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to get to worship you, to get to spend time with you and connect with you. Father, we ask that you'd continue to move in our hearts, move in our lives, continue to speak to us, Father, we love you and we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. As you guys make your way back to your seat, we're gonna continue to just honor God and to praise him uh, with our giving, with our tithes and with our offerings. We're so thankful for such a generous congregation uh, that you guys give and you give faithfully and even when we have special guests you guys give above and beyond and we're so blessed by that um, Our ushers are going to come forward and they're going to pass the buckets. there's a few different ways to give. Uh, there'll be a slide up on there. Uh, but we just believe that it's such a, such an act of worship to continue to to not just give our time, not just give our song but to even give our finances not because God needs our money, not because he's greedy but because money is so closely tied to our hearts and, uh, and He wants our hearts. And so when we give our, our money, we're giving of our hearts, we're giving of some of our treasure, we're giving of some of the things that most people value at the highest. And when we give that and yield that to God and His direction, uh, we believe that there's blessing in that, we believe that there is obedience in that, and we believe that that's the life that He's called to live, generous life. And so we thank you for that. Um, I'm going to pray a quick prayer over the offering. I invite you to bow and pray with me as well. Father, we thank you that you've blessed us with more than enough and plenty left over so that we can live generously. Father, we thank you that you've uh, called us uh, to a way that seems seems foolish in the eyes of the world, but we know that it's the wisdom of God that you can do more with our 90% than we could do with all of it. And so, Father, we thank you that uh, that as we follow your instructions, that as we, uh, as we give of, of our hearts in this way, Father, we pray that it would be worship to you. We pray that it would be a pleasing aroma and that you would be glorified in it. In Jesus' name, amen. As those buckets are going by, uh, I just want to remind you we have the, the push pay that allows you to give with your credit cards, but in addition to that, we now have a new mobile app that makes it even easier. Uh, to stay up to date, uh, even easier to stay connected, even easier to watch past messages or current live streams. Um, and there's a button on there that'll make the giving uh, continue to make it easier as well. You can text the Rock with a space to that number seven seven nine seven seven. It'll shoot you back a customized download link. When you tap that, it'll launch your uh, a web page. It'll take you to your App Store and then Google or iOS or Whatever other platforms there are, uh, you can download the app and then you'll be plugged in and you'll know exactly what we're doing and how to be a part of it. Um, The app has some neat features where you can, if you see an event that you want, you can tap on it and it'll put it straight into your calendar for you, which is nice if you use your digital calendar. Uh, If you have a paper calendar, it will not write it in there, and so be sure that you still make those paper notes, Uh, but that's something that we have and we'll talk about that again in a few more weeks to remind you in case you haven't gotten it. Um, so that's a big announcement. And then our other two, this Wednesday, as, as Christy was saying, kicks off uh, a fantastic time for our church. We're believing not just that the conference is going to be good, but that it's going to open up and unleash uh, a new wave of what God wants to do. And so we're excited to kick off that conference time with a free night of worship uh, with one of our good friends and special guest, Jake Hamilton. So he'll be here Wednesday. That'll start at 7 p.m. That's a free event. Invite your friends. Jake, always brings the show. Uh, He loves the Lord and serves the Lord. So it's not just a, a worship concert. It is a time of connecting with God in a very powerful way. And then on the Sunday following the conference, the conference ends Saturday night, on Sunday morning, our favorite guest, Heidi Baker, will be here. And so if you haven't gotten tickets to the conference, if you're traveling that weekend, whatever, that doesn't work, Be sure to join us on Sunday morning and hear what she has to impart to us. It's going to be powerful, and we're expecting great things from it. Excellent. Uh, I believe that's all on my list. Pastor Mike? Yeah. It's Um, yours.
0: Thank you. One other thing I just want to mention is we, unless you mentioned it, the the life groups? Okay. So we are doing another push for life groups. And uh, guys, this is so important. We're here on Sunday morning. This is training and equipping on Sunday morning. But, but, Life groups is where we do life, and this is where we do family. And, uh, and so I wanna encourage you I think, I, hopefully, I think we have a table in the back, on the right, yeah, we've got the table in the back. So if you're not a part of a life group, um, I would encourage you to, to sign up. This might be a time you might be going, well, I just don't know if I have the time. I would say you really don't have the time not to, it's just a reprioritizing of your time. And how you look at things and but the the priority over all the stuff that we have to do is relationship. We need to have relationship in the body of Christ. First with God, second I believe with our families, and third with the family, the body of Christ. It's so critical that we do that. Uh, I'm gonna you guys kinda chilly in here? So I'm gonna have you stand up again. (laughs) This is how we get exercise. So stand up. Stand up, put your hands up like this, kind of wave them around, try not to hit your neighbor. And, and now I want you to introduce yourself to your neighbor and just, and, and invite them to your house for dinner. All right, so hopefully you guys made some dinner plans. <laughs> We're going... Sometimes we sit next to people like week in and week out, and we, we don't even get to know the people next to us. Like, hey, this is family. We're in the family room here. We got to act like family. So uh, I'd encourage you to, as you come in in the morning, just in, uh, just say hello to people, ask how they're doing, see if they want some prayer or... Uh, just to, to connect, and, and uh, it's, it's so important that we do this as the body. So, you guys ready? Okay. Uh, Marcus, we've been, we've been in this series uh, of, of going from community to family, and, and I, we might just be in this series for the rest of our life here. Uh, but but there's so much to this, and, uh, and so specifically, we've been talking about righteousness, understanding righteousness, and, and and the Lord just put this on our heart over the past few weeks, that like, we can't really become family, first of all with God, and then secondly with others, if we don't understand who we are in Christ. And so the righteousness of God in Christ, understanding this, I mean, we say it, but that we would understand it, not just here, but here, right? We've gotta get it here, and when we get that, when we begin to understand our identity, our purpose, the, what we're here for, then we can operate as the body of Christ. So I'm just going to do a quick kind of rehash of this, what I'm calling positional righteousness, and then I want to move into some other key things I believe the Lord has for us this morning. Uh, so open your Bibles, if you have them, to 1 Peter 3.18, and we'll always have most of the scriptures up on the screen. Um, but we can pretty much write up here whatever we want. You guys wouldn't know unless you're opening your Bibles. <laughs> like, is that really what it says in the Word? <laughs> so bring your Bibles. Uh, it is so good to have your Bible. I, for me, I cannot go. This one is literally falling apart on me. I've had this for a long time. But it's the only Bible that, like, I know where every scripture is. And I, don't, I might not know the reference, but I'm like, oh, it's on the top left-hand side right about here. And I'm like, yeah, there it is. So when I don't have this Bible, I'm always, like, lost. And the app never works. It doesn't show me where, that it's on the top right-hand corner of my Bible. Uh, we'll find an app that does that, and then it'll be good. Uh, 1 Peter 3.18. So I just got, we're going to hit this quickly. This just kind of... Says it all right here. For Christ died for sins once for all. He took the sins of the world. He took them upon himself. He died, and it was once for all. No longer does anyone have to do anything for sin. It's a done deal. The righteous for the unrighteous. So the exchange is made. We have we are on we were on righteous as we now come into faith in Christ we now become righteous so we are now the righteousness of god in christ and it says to bring you to god so it's this kind of three-step process sins of the world are taken away we become righteous what's the whole purpose behind this so that we can actually be brought to the father This was God's plan from the very beginning, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, that He would be our God and that we would be His people, that He would dwell with us. That's His whole plan. And so this is what this is all about. This is what righteousness is all about. At the end of the day, it's so that we can be with Him. Okay, dismissed, you guys are good. Uh, (laughs) The other side of it is you look, we, we talk about that we are the bride we have a bridegroom we have jesus who's coming back for his bride and and this place of so and i'm just going to kind of jump ahead the positional righteousness is this is who we are but as we are kind of this uh, the, we have this place of righteousness that we're called to that we are but we're not in a sense we're still attaining to it um, we have a bridegroom that is at the right hand of the Father right now, interceding for us. He sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of us. When we talk about the righteousness that we have, it's actually by the Holy Spirit that we are righteous. And I'll show you that in just a second. But so you have Jesus, the bridegroom, at the right hand of the Father. Just picture this. He's interceding for the bride. He's interceding for us right now. And he's saying, I want my bride. That is the fullness of Christ, and it's for the glory of God. And so he's, he's, he's interceding for the bride, and what is he interceding for? Not a bride that is walking in sin, not a bride that is, that is doing things that are not of the Lord, but a bride that is pure and is spotless and is holy. This is the bride that he's going for. This is the bride that he desires. It's kind of like for men, like when you get married... The hope is that, that your future wife doesn't have 10 boyfriends that she brings along, right? It's like, no. Like, when that happens, it's, it's just you and her. For the woman, it's just the man, right? There's no one else that you bring into that relationship. And, and it's the same way with the bride and the bridegroom, is, is that we would be pure, spotless, and holy before the Lord. Now, can we do it on our own ability? <laughs> the answer is no. Um, we cannot, but we do have the grace of God and the blood of Jesus which, which takes away the sins so that we can actually attain this, so that we can walk into holiness. But there is something about walking into this. And, and, and there's this misunderstanding, there's this thing about that positional righteousness is the only thing, and that's once we have that, it's like we're all taken care of, we don't have to do anything. If, th- if that's the understanding that you have, then you're not reading the other half of the Bible. There is so much in there that talks about this, we have to, we're going after it. We're pursuing this with everything that we have. We're fleeing the evil things and we're going after the things of God. And that's the life that we're called to live right now. So, I jumped way ahead of myself. Um, In 1 Corinthians 6.11, it says this, it says, but you were washed. I love this, you were washed, You were sanctified and this is just after paul's talking about all these like evil sins and he's like and that was most of you that's that's what you guys were but not anymore because now you're washed you're sanctified which means you're set apart you're purified you're consecrated you're made holy and then it says as i lost my place you were justified and that's that you were made righteous this is the righteousness that we have you were justified And catch this, it says, in the name of the Lord Jesus. So you are justified through Christ and what? By the Spirit of God. So it's the justification comes by the Spirit of God through Christ. So this is where it is the Spirit on the inside of us. And this is the Spirit, I talked about this two weeks ago, that cries out, Abba, Father. This is the Spirit of Christ that's on the inside of us. And this is why I was saying a few weeks ago, which you guys, the the ladies might have been like, "Eh, I don't like that, but that's why we are called sons of God. you look throughout the scriptures, we are sons of God, not because we're male or female, it it talks about that in Galatians. It, It doesn't matter whether we're male or female, we are called sons of God because we have a spirit on the inside of us that calls out, Abba, Father, and the Father says, Son, that's the position that we carry as sons of God. And then I was explaining a few weeks ago, we're also the bride. So men, uh, you're, you may be a son, but you're also a bride. Uh, women, you're a son, but you're also the bride. Uh, so you, you get both, sorry. Uh, and then the, the other part I just want to hit here is in Acts 238 and 39, there's a lot of denominations that, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are denominations in the body of Christ that on, it, it, unfortunately they they either kind of shy away from the Holy Spirit, or they just don't talk about it, or some, like, don't even, like, acknowledge it in any way. And and I just, just to kind of shut that down, it is all about the Holy Spirit. When Christ went to the right hand of the Father, He said, I'm sending my Spirit and it's the counselor it's the comforter. it's the one who's going to dwell with you it's 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 the one who's the deposit it's the one who's the guarantee for the inheritance this is the one that we now have with us and and this is how we're righteous without the holy spirit we're not righteous so like i i don't get it but uh but let me and let me just read this here in acts two thirty eight 38 39 peter says this repent be baptized that's the, from death to life every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. So in the name of Jesus, we have through his blood, through grace, we now have forgiveness of sins. And then it says, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the promise. And it's for you, it's for your children, and it's for all who are far off. And who are the all far off ones? That's us. We're the all far off ones. <laughs> you can say, I'm an all, all far off one. Uh, you, got, you guys awake today? Like, what is, <laughs> it's cold. We turned the temperature down so that you guys would stay awake. That was the idea. Is it working? <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, so uh, Pastor Marcus talked on this last week as we, as we kind of move into this position, from positional righteousness into righteous living, uh, turn to Philippians 3.13. And and, uh, I'm just going to hit this quickly. It says this, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. To have taken hold of what? Righteousness. He hasn't yet taken hold of it. It says, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal, to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. As we are the righteousness of God in Christ, this is what he's called us to. And he's saying, look, I haven't taken hold of it yet. I don't fully have this. But this is who I am. I am righteous in Christ. And now I'm pressing on towards the mark of the high calling. This is the thing that we're pressing into. Goes on to say, all of us then who are mature should take such view of these things. And I love what Paul says here. And if on some point you think differently, well, God will make it clear to you. Like, <laughs> you'll come around eventually uh, as the Holy Spirit reveals the truth to you. Um, he says that in a very kind of uh, nonchalant way. And, uh, and, then, and then catch this last point here in verse 16. This is key. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. So it's this, it's this kind of... We've attained it, now we live up to it. Does that make sense? Okay, so in Romans 1 I'm just gonna kind of hit this again from another angle here. It says, for the gospel of righteousness of God is revealed. This is a righteousness that's by faith from first to last. What's he saying there? He's, he's referring to Christ. It says that, that Christ is, he's the author and the perfecter. The beginning and the end of our faith. And so in this, what's he saying here? As he is the beginning, the author and the finisher of our faith, he's saying a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, and he says it in, in Habakkuk 2.4, the righteous will live by faith. Interestingly, in Habakkuk 2.4, it actually says the righteousness or the righteous will live by his faith or by his faithfulness. And so there's this part I just want us to get to understand as well that it's not us striving with our faith to try to make, to get enough faith to make it happen. He's like, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, that's all you need. We actually, the point is is we rely on his faith, his faithfulness. We put our trust and our hope in his faithfulness and it's him, it's in him that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's that washing of the sins. It's become the temple, and then the Holy Spirit indwells in us, and now through that, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Okay. We should be jumping up and down for this, because as we were, actually, as we were just thanking the Lord, I just, I saw this. I just, it hit me at a greater level. I'm like, thank you that you would do this, that you would extend your right arm, which is, the, which is like he refers to as Christ, that he would extend the arm, he would bear the arm so that we could be righteous with in Christ and come into that place with the Father so that we can have eternity. This is that hope that we're like, sometimes I think we forget about it, we focus so much on the natural, and the things right here that we go, there's a hope of eternity. This is like a blip. We have a lot to do on this earth and there is an attaining to the righteousness that we're called to. But man, there's so much that we get to look forward to. There's a hope that we have that the world does not have. Oh, that we would just, first of all, understand that hope and then release that hope. That it's like, you've got to have this hope. This is it. There's nothing more important in life. You can strive, you can do all the stuff, but guess what? At the end of the day, it means nothing. Colossians 2 six through ten and then i'm going to jump into something else here follow along with me in this uh, and hopefully you guys are taking notes in this look i'm going to just throw this out at you i've been going through this all week just pressing in and then i just kind of like blah and uh, but hopefully you don't just kind of take it and try to remember it and then move on dig into this stuff meditate on it like these are this is where we're going this is who we are like we have to get this from here down to here, and it's, it can't, it's not going to just happen on a Sunday morning. Uh, so I would just encourage you, even in life groups, like, kind of dive into this stuff more. Press into it. Uh, understand it. Get it down in your heart. Uh, Colossians 2, 6 through 10. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so we've received Him, continue to live in Him. This is that living out that righteousness, living that righteousness, rooted and built up in Him. How are we rooted and built up in Him? It's through the knowledge of God. It's through the truth. It's through the Word of God. It's that that transforms us, that transforms our mind. This is the rooting and the grounding and the maturity that we begin to walk in as we Get the scriptures as we gain the knowledge of God, as we gain truth. It says the, the, the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. Okay, I'll move on. So, strengthened in the faith. Again, Jesus is the author of that faith. So, we're strengthened in Christ. Uh, it says, as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. What did we just go through here this morning? It's this basically. This is what releases the anointing. When we step into this, it, there's a pleasure that the Lord takes in this. And there's an anointing that's released, and it breaks the yoke. It breaks the, the things that we're trying to fight for or fight after or fight against. This, that place of thankfulness, literally just comes in and snaps it. It's that light replacing darkness right there. Uh, it, and it, I would say, it, I mean, it breaks the spirit of criticism, of pride of idolatry, of, of all these things that like sometimes just try to rise up, that as we get, as we become thankful before the Lord, it aligns our heart with the Father's heart. Did you feel that as you, as you just, as you thank the Lord this morning? Ah, oh, I just felt that. It just, it like, just lifted me up, it encouraged me, like my spirit just came alive. Okay, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, this is that pursuit of worldly wisdom. It's that, it's the hollow and deceptive philosophies of the world. And, and when those in the world, it says that, uh, uh, it says the God of this world has blinded those that are unbelievers. There's a blindness that you don't see the truth. And so what you begin to do is you begin to operate in these philosophies. These deceptive philosophies, these hollow and deceptive philosophies. And so, and it says, which depend on what? Oops, did we lose it? Do I not have that one? Oh, there we go. It depends on what? Human tradition and the basic principles of this world. What have we we talked about? That there are two different kingdoms, right? Everything in the kingdom of heaven and, and then the kingdom of this world, they are at complete opposites there's there's no like well you can mix and mingle a little bit here and there no they're actually complete opposites whatever god did satan didn't go well i i like that too i'll do that part no 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 the god of this world actually flipped everything so it's completely opposite so in our when we when we take on the mindset of the world which is so easy to do i showed you guys uh about a year maybe year and a half ago i showed this video of of uh, Uh, elevator going up and down and and people getting in and out and what they did is they set it up to where like 10 of the people coming in were all like part of the plan and then the one person got in with them and so they get in the elevator and then the the 10 people would would turn around and face the back of the elevator and the the other person would sit there for a second kind of look around and then be like oh I guess I'm supposed to turn around <laughs> and, and it was funny you see out over and over and over again they did some other things with like hats they'd get in the elevator with hats on and then they'd all take their hats off and the person who had a hat on would be like you know take their hat off but I think this is the thing when in Romans 12 too, we 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 know the scripture that do not conform to the pattern of this world but we're so conformed to the pattern of this world so often. We get so caught up, we almost get caught up in the rut, that we've got to get pulled out. And how do we do it? We get transformed by the renewing of our mind. And why do we do it? So that we would know God's perfect, His pleasing will. So that we can align with that will, we can pray into that, and we can now bring heaven down to earth through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Okay. Um, Last part of this is, this is the powerful part, For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity, the deity is the creator God. So all the fullness of God lives in bodily form in Christ. And then it says, and you have been given fullness in Christ. You go, whoa, that's pretty cool. You guys get that? You guys understand what this is saying here? So Christ has the fullness of God in bodily form, and now we're given this fullness in Christ, who's head over every power and authority. Is the church walking in this? Not not much of it. (laughs) I I want us to to gain an understanding of this concept, to gain this down here that we would say, oh, no, I know who I am in Christ, and I understand the power and authority I have. Now, we don't walk around and go, I'm God. (laughs) Watch out. (laughs) No, we have Christ in us who is the deity, fullness of the deity and has all power and all authority. And so when we walk around, what we say is, I'm the ambassador of Christ. I'm the minister of reconciliation. I'm the one that, when I say in the name of Jesus, I speak with the authority of Christ. The words that I say are the same words that the Father would say, it's the same words that Christ would say when He was on this earth. That's the power and the authority that we actually walk in, or I should say that we can walk in, that we can begin to walk in. Okay. I'm going to have to hit this fast. Uh, As I, okay, open your Bibles. 1 Corinthians 10, as quickly as we can here. So I'm switching gears a little bit, and then I'll tie it back in, and and you'll understand in a second here. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 1, I'm going to read through this. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers, and he's talking, so here he's talking about the Israelites. So jumping back to the Israelites now. That our forefathers were under the cloud, and they all passed through the sea. They were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they all ate the same spiritual food. They drank the same spiritual drink, drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. So this is kind of mind-blowing in here. So here it is. You've got these Israelites. These, you look at the 40 years, it says that their clothes never wore out, their sandals never wore out, they never got sick. Like they walked in something powerful that, that we don't even walk in right now today, that we're not walking in this, right? But that, that I, th- I believe that we have the ability to walk in through the power of the Holy Spirit. That, that there is a, we don't have to walk in sickness. We don't have to have those things. And a lot of times we do, and we're understanding it more and more. Uh, and it's, this, it's part of this process, I believe, we're going through as we're coming into this place of understanding our righteousness and who we are, that we actually have the power and the authority through the name of Jesus, because we have Christ on the inside of us. So it goes on to say, nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, like 1,900,000 Anyway, there was two that he was pleased with. Everyone else died. (laughs) Uh, So their bodies were scattered all over the desert. Uh, Caleb and Joshua were the only two that actually made it into the promised land of the first two million that, that were there. It was the next generation that actually was able to go in. Why? Because they were in a place of idolatry before the Lord. It says, now these things occurred as examples to keep us, that's us right now, from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. This is what I felt. The Lord, we, on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, we do this once a month. We just get together with the staff, with the pastors, and we spend the day just praying and fasting. We get before the Lord and just say, God, what are you doing? Where are you taking us? give us the downloads and actually during this time we we really we pulled up some of the prophetic words that had been over the church the promises that had been over us in the church and we began to declare them we begin to speak them out and say in come into an agreement with them and say this is for the season now and but in this i just felt this the lord was kind of giving us this this warning this like hey we need to deal with this and it needs to be dealt with in the church so This is for all of us, including me, as we do this. And I I just believe there are some almost culturally acceptable idols uh, that we have allowed to come in and, and gain root in the church. That we go, oh, well, that's okay. Why do we do that? Because we take on the mindset of the world. Because we kind of take on the things that the world would say is okay. And we go, well, yeah, we'll go along with that one. And yeah, we'll take that one. And we don't want to fight all these things. Like... There is something about being holy before the Lord, that, that, that we have to walk completely holy. We have to go according, we have to take it according to the scriptures, according to the truth. This is the only truth. This is our true north. And if, if we take any other true north, if we take the, the things that are acceptable in this culture today, uh, I would just say, watch out. Because we're heading down the wrong road if we do that. Uh, so just a few things to that. So actually, if you, if you continue on in this, in verse 11 uh, of, of chapter 10, it says, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So here we are in the last days. This is the last days. We are in the last days, if you didn't know it. Um, it, we are, uh, it talks about this in Acts 2. We're in the last days. And, uh, and so these are examples for us this isn't just fun stories, they're actually like, hey guys, watch out. Don't step back into the things that the Israelites did in that time. Now, we look at, when we look at idolatry, I always go, I think of like little idols, you know, that we maybe put up on the fireplace and, and bow down to them. And so we're like, oh, we, we, idolatry is not a problem in our life. Well, uh, let me just point out a few quick things, and then uh, we'll move on. This could be a long message. if Anyway. Money is one of, I believe, one of the things that has actually crippled the church. It's this love of money. Even if you look at, at the, the momentum or the direction of which the tithes and the offerings are going, you look at what's happening in the church, uh, there was actually better giving to the church back in the days of the Depression from a percentage standpoint than there are today, yeah. uh, which is crazy. But you look at like and I just th- pulled up some statistics just to get an understanding, but uh, on average it says that 10 to 25 percent of congregations give. That's a crazy low percentage, and the average giving of that 10 to 25 percent is two and a half percent. And it's less than one percent that actually gives the tithe, which is a minimum of 10 percent. And I know that in the church, like it's been taught that well you don't. Like, the tithe isn't that important anymore. You don't have to give the 10%. Like, the idea wasn't to go backwards when we walked into the New Covenant. The idea was to go forward. The, the tithe is just kind of like, yeah, we, don't, we just do that without even thinking. And then we go above and beyond. And, and this is the thing. It's, God doesn't need our money. The church doesn't need the money. But the church and God, God needs the heart. And, and this is an area of the church that I believe is, is a form of idolatry in the church. It's a form of idolatry today that we are actually in love with the money more than we are with God. Because we're not at that place where we're like, okay, God, it's yours. We're still at that place like, well, I'll, I'll give you my time, I'll give you my other things, but, but not my money. <laughs> it's like the rich young ruler. Uh, I mean, When he came to Jesus, he says, how do I get, how do I get eternity? And, and, and Jesus says, Well, you do this, 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 and this. And he goes, Well, I've done all those things. Is there anything else? He goes, Well, yeah, there's one other thing. Sell what you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. And he goes, Ooh, yeah, that one I can't do. And we look at this rich young ruler and you go, You idiot. <laughs> Sorry, but beep. Uh, but, but really, like, You're right there with Jesus. Jesus is saying, follow me. Sell what you have, give it to to the poor. Now, is he asking every person in order to follow Jesus that we have to sell everything we have and give it to the poor? No, that's not the point. But he's saying, I want your heart. And Jesus knew his heart in that area, and he pointed it out. And the guy's like, yeah, I can't do it. And if we're looking at this story, we're like, no, do it. Because if you do it, you'll have everything that you ever wanted and more. Like. Don't hold on to what you have. Give it up so you can have so much more. And, and I just believe for, our, for us today, we're holding on to things because we're like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen if I do that. I don't have the ability to do that. And a lot of it actually comes out, it, it, you got to back up like 10 steps and go, stop overspending. We spend more than what, we have in, like, than what comes in, and it doesn't work. And so then we come into this place and we go, God, help us with our finances. And God's like, dude, stop spending more than you make. (laughs) Like, there's some simple math there that you can just walk out before you even have to, like, get into that place. Now, here's the thing. In that place of giving, God's desire is to bless. His, his purpose is to bless. And so, but until we get this mindset, I believe this is where I'm saying it's crippling the church in the financial realm because, because he can't operate in this area because the church is saying, no, I'm not giving that up. I'm walking in idolatry there. I'm gonna hold those things back. I'm gonna elevate those things above you. Does that make sense? Real quick, I should probably define idolatry. Uh, this is John Piper. I found this. He has a great, uh, I don't know if you like John Piper, but... Um, Regardless, this is a good uh, definition. It says, it starts in the heart. Craving, wanting, enjoying, being satisfied by anything that you treasure more than God. That's an idol. He goes on to say, idolatry is the thing loved or the person loved more than God, wanted more than God, desired more than God, treasured more than God, enjoyed more than God. So I, I just, I'm praying that, that some of these things, I'm gonna just hit a few more here. Money's one of the biggest ones, I believe, in the church. Another one is ministry. Ministry is a big one in the church. I've seen it, I see it in the pastors, not our pastors, uh, but uh, of, of churches where there's, there's jealousy. There's jealousy from church to church. Why is their church bigger than ours? Why are they doing better than we're doing? We should be like, thank you, Lord that they're doing well. Like how can we continue to bless them even more? What can we do for the kingdom to have even a greater impact? I've always, I told Pastor Peter as as we're in this covenant relationship with Bridgeway and it's like, I've said like our church is yours. Our finances are yours. If we can have a greater impact in the kingdom by by you using the finances than us, great, take them. Because it's not about the church, church. It's about the church, right? It's about the kingdom. And we have to go after the kingdom. We can't get so set on our stuff and on our success and on our our self-preservation and our self-promotion. And that's the other things we see in the church is we see the focus on the results rather than on Jesus. We see the results based on how many people we're bringing into the church rather than how many lives are being transformed and how many people are going out and impacting the kingdom. Right? (sighs) Ah. Yeah, uh, James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Guys, gals, we have to come in in a place of humility, of humble, of saying our dependence is on the Lord. It's not on ourselves. I'll, give, I'll tell you another area, especially for men, is this area of success, of this, this area of status. And we, we make the excuse, well, it's the provision of my family. I've got to provide for my family. God's our provider. And if you're elevating yourself above God for your family, uh, that's a place of idolatry. And, and for us, we have to be so careful that we don't take success, that we're, don't, we're not striving for success so that we can elevate ourselves, so that we bring glory to ourselves. And I see, I see it and I saw it in my own life growing up and, and as I got into uh, engineering and then I got into development and I became the vice president of a company in Houston. And, and yes, I loved God, but I had this other side where I, I never was necessarily going after the money. The money issue was never a thing for me, but the success thing really was. And I remember in my 30s, planning out, okay, I wanna be the president by this time. This is like, I'm making the plans to do this, to, to rise to the top. And uh, crazy how God works. In the midst of that, you know, I'm having these, like this battle in, inside of me that I feel like God's saying, are you willing to lay it all down? And there were times where in my 30s, I remember going, oh, like if you really asked me to, you wouldn't ask me to lay it down. <laughs> like you wouldn't really do that, God. <laughs> like, I mean, I've got my career. I have, you know, I've got four years in undergrad in engineering. I've got a, a master's in engineering. Like, I've, I've got my PE. I've studied for this thing. I've, I've done all this stuff to build up what I have. And now I'm, I'm in this position. I have great, like, authority, in a sense, in the areas. I, I mean, I when I, yeah, it, I felt there was favor on my life. But then the Lord, at, at a point in time, said, are you willing to give it up? And this is where. I look back, this is at the age of 40, the Lord said, are you willing to give it up? And at that point, uh, the the company, the owner of the company come to me and said, hey, would you consider being the president of our company? I'm like, this is it? (laughs) And God says, no, no, no. Now I'm asking you to give it up. And I go, what? No! (laughs) Like there's that, but you know what? Here's the thing, it's the grace of God that prepared my heart. And this is the thing I would say is, We can't step, we can't fight the idolatry. We can't fight these things in our life. But what we do is it's God's grace that comes on the inside of us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that begins to transform us from the inside. Our heart begins to shift. And it was probably a 10-year process for me from the time I was 30 to the time I was 40. Now looking back, this was not a four-month process from the time that I had to kind of, I I had the decision before me and, and started asking the Lord. It was 10 years prior to that that the Lord began to shift my heart. And it's because I was saying, Lord, ultimately, I want you more than anything else. I want you. Would you shift my heart? And I believe as we ask the father to shift our heart, he will do it. He will shift our hearts and we will get rid of this idolatry. We will get rid of these things in our lives and we'll begin to walk in the fullness of who we are. You cannot have these idols. You cannot have these things before God and walk in righteousness. They do not go hand in hand. It says that if, if you are a friend of the world, you're an enemy to God. You can't go both ways. You can't have one and the other. So, but there is grace, and we're walking out these things. It's not like, hey, we're going to walk out of here today, and it's all gone. But let's take steps to do it. The other areas I would say, sexual immorality is a big one, even in the church. Uh, specifically i'm just going to touch on pornography here this one is again this is another one that i believe is crippling the church and to the point where as we're talking about kind of these things that are uh that are culturally acceptable uh this one crazy enough has become almost culturally acceptable especially in the younger age that there was a survey that was done that, where they asked uh, people from the age of 13 to 24, they kind of had this list of things of, are these immoral? And 56% of this group said that if you don't recycle, that's immoral. Of that group, only 32% said that pornography is immoral. <laughs> is that crazy? But this is our next generation. This is the generation that's being raised up. That there is a new cultural acceptance of things. It's it's the other stuff with you know, women marrying women, men marrying men, it's the it like the, these things would be culturally acceptable. And here's the thing we love the people, but we do not love the sin. We cannot love the sin. We walk in holiness, but we walk in love. Right? Okay, I know I'm running out of time here. Um, whew, do, 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 do. Uh, oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> let me just make some, some points here. Everything that we do, we, we don't have to lay down the success we have. We don't have to give up all the money we have. We have to change our heart and we have to be willing. It, are, we gotta be at a place where are you willing to lay it down? And in those things that we have, in the successes that we have, is it for us or is it for the glory of God? That's the big question. Is it for the glory of God? And I wanna show you the scripture in 1 Corinthians 10 31, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Now, what does that mean? And I was asking the Lord, Uh, just the other day, I'm like, God, what is, I know the glory of God, and I know, like, the big picture of the glory of God, but what is that, what's the tangible meaning of this for us? And this is what I felt like, he actually took me just two verses down and showed me this, and I just, I was like, oh, okay, now I I see it, it's clear, and so this is what Paul says, so jump down two verses to 1 Corinthians 10.33, and Paul says this, Uh, he says, For I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many so that they may be saved. This is the cool part. The glory of God is for the good of many that they may be saved. This is what we're going after. When we talk about for the glory of God, it's for the good of many that they may be saved. We now take the place of Jesus on this earth to be the ones now that are ministers of reconciliation we're the ambassadors of christ we come in the name of jesus christ we walk in the authority and the power of the holy spirit because of our righteousness and we go after people why because we're expanding the kingdom we're bringing god we're bringing people back to the kingdom that's our job now god has put that on us and he says that i will put it i will put my lips on your mouth and you will speak now for those that need to come to christ i got to show you this video because it's so powerful. Um, just, it's uh, Oh, there's, there's so many promises that we have. Let me just hit on these promises real quick. There are two big promises. One, we've got the Holy Spirit. Two, we have eternity with Christ. We have salvation, right? Eternity with the Father. Those are the big promises. But there are many promises for us today, in this time, right now. And and the thing is, I believe a lot of us. What we've done is even the words that we have. What we do is we take those things and we set them aside, and we go, "Well, Lord, kasra arrive. If it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, uh, you know, I'm just going to wait on it. And uh, and this is not what we're supposed to do. It's actually it's kind of like like the big ones. We confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart, and we confess with our mouth, and that's how we get the promise. It's the same for the other promises. That we would actually, we take the promises of God, we believe in our heart, and we actually confess with our mouth. It, with, this is what Mary did when, when the angel came down and said, hey, Jesus is going is to be in you, is going to come from you. And, uh, and what does Mary say? She says, I am your servant, and let it be according to your will. Uh, but she speaks that out. Now, when uh, uh, Zechariah and and Elizabeth were going to have John the Baptist, Zechariah didn't have the faith, didn't believe, and what did the angel do? Muted Zechariah for nine months so that he wouldn't speak out against it because it needed to come to pass. Uh, So our promises, we need to actually take hold of them and go after them, okay? In that, let me just say this. In 2 Corinthians 1, 20 through 22, it says this, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, through Jesus, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Okay? And then it says, now it is God who made both us and you stand firm in Christ. He has anointed us. Have you guys heard that before? When Jesus stepped out of the wilderness, what did he say? The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel. Let me just say, let me show you this. You can go back and look at it. But these promises, a lot of times we think that they're for us. They're actually for the non-believers. That we are actually called, the anointing and the promise is, yes, to come upon us, but that we would be anointed to preach the gospel. That we would be the ones that would not only preach the gospel, but proclaim freedom for the captives and the prisoners, that we would, uh, it would be recovery of sight to the blind, that we release the oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is our promise that we are called to do as we are anointed by the Holy Spirit. I want you to see something, and I know we're going to be running short on time, but this is... I want you to see this clip. This is Todd White. And, and I would encourage you, go back and watch this. It's a new movie that's been released fairly recently. It's called uh, Pure and Holy. And uh, you want to be encouraged, this will encourage you. Uh, if we have, do we have the clip? Okay. So, um, and, and this is what I want you to pay attention to. Watch how many times he says, in the name of Jesus... And you're going, to see, you're going to see healings happen right in front of your eyes as you watch this. You're going to see God, watch what God does here. And in it's crazy. I believe it's just going to, you're going to walk out of here like ready to explode and just, and change the world. So let's play that video. Oh no.
3: Pain in their knees or their ankles from sports. From sports. Any problems with ankles or knees from football? I have you. You do. Yeah. All right. Watch. Let me see. Come here. In Jesus name. Jesus name. Check. See. Let's go. Give me two. Give me two. you. Yeah. Bless you. Give me two. It's gone. It's gone. gone. In the mighty name of Yeshua, I command it to go now. Let go now. What do you think? Father, I thank you. Right now. In the mighty name of Yeshua. In the name of Jesus, I command it to go right now.
2: <laughs> so cool. <laughs> <laughs>
3: this is, it's him. Okay. Actually, my back is a, little, a bit like. Okay. The, can I use this chair? You see his leg? One is longer. Look. Watch Come this. look. You see? You see? Different. You see? You see one is longer. Yes? You see? Watch. Yes, the right one's shorter. This one's shorter. Watch. In the name of Yeshua, right leg grow right now. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Stand up and check. Bend. See. Wow! Wow! uh, What is the name of your challenge? No, lifestyle Christianity. Lifestyle Christianity. Sit back Back the whole way. Scoot scoot your butt. Why? See? This? You see? It's the other leg. This is short. Which one's short? This. This one. No, they're right, they're right. You see his heels, right here? You see? You see? Yes. You see, it's short. Yes. So it's hurting his back, because his back is hurt, because his short leg. Watch, ready? Okay, so I want you guys to all say this with me, okay? Say this. In the name of Jesus, name of we Jesus. command this right leg to grow. Now
0: you got kids pushing other kids out of the way.
3: It's this one. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Right leg grow. Right
2: leg
3: grow.
2: Oh
3: my god. Did you feel (laughs) it? I feel it. Stand up. Check. It's okay. Now put your hands. It's okay. Down here is better, but up here it hurts. Put your hands on his back. All you guys. Ready? Yeah, just like that. Okay. Okay, you ready? Now say this, are you ready? In the name of Jesus. Back be healed. Back be healed. Pain get out. Right now. right now, right now, in Jesus name, in Jesus name, check, <laughs> okay, <so it's> like... <laughs> is it better a little, <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, it's better a, little. a better a little, it's better a little, so if it's, it's a one, a it's okay, if it's one to ten, one being the best, 10 being the worst. Where is it right now? Six. Six, we're right in the middle. Let's pray again. Say, spirit of infirmity. Spirit of infirmity. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We command you get out right now. We command you get out right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Check again. Oh, so. A little better yeah one more time Let's do it again now it's, oh, yeah. Yeah, now it's a three yeah. it's better yeah. hey i need everybody to pray with me ready in the, in the name of jesus right now right now we command this pain to get out command this pain. you feel that yeah check uh, it's good hey. Yes, Amen. In the name of Jesus, we command this pain to go. Wow! Hey, hey! Remember, if you guys pray in the name of Jesus, people will be healed through you.
0: Why don't you guys stand? You know, there's a script. There's a in Acts three. There's a place where John and Peter. Go And and they say, in the name of Jesus, stand up and rise up and walk. And the man walks. And this is what Peter says. He explains it afterwards. He says, by faith in the name of Jesus, the man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Father, I pray right now that you would empower us with your spirit, that we would gain the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding, that we would know you more, that we would know who we are in Christ. And Lord, I thank you for the power and the authority that we can walk in when we walk in the name of Jesus. We carry this name wherever we go. And Lord, I thank you that we are here on this earth to proclaim the gospel, to set the captives free. Lord, would you empower us from the inside, But would you remove idolatry from our lives? Would you begin to purify our hearts and make us holy before you, that we can walk fully and and rightly before you into the place of full righteousness that you call us into? Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. Lord, continue to move. Continue to have your way. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Go get them. <laughs>